Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to Graf Martin Communications, Canada's leading PR and marketing agency, serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast for their in-kind support. At Graf Martin, they are true collaborators who come alongside to be your marketing team for good. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostupchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Hi, everyone. It's Kathy Ostupchuk. I will be your host on this episode of the Hurt Influence podcast. And just to be honest, my head and my heart are still in the clouds after an amazing Gather Rise experience. Uh, we had several hundred women in the room with us in Oakville, but really felt the presence of women across the nation and beyond. I just want to let you know that I had some friends come up from um, Chicago and from Florida, and they experienced what it was like to be in the room with uh, our Canadian girls. And I can tell you that they were really um, not only impressed, but in inspired and we certainly felt God's spirit with us and so excited about all he has for us in the future. So for those of you that were there, thank you for being there with us. And we have the live stream available on our YouTube channel. And so we just will be marketing that and getting it out to you so that you can share it with your friends um, if you couldn't be with us. And we just hope that you feel excited about being a, a woman in this nation for this time because there's lots on the go. We're excited that Gather can be a catalyst for so much of what's going on with women. And we just want to keep this conversation of women bringing their strength and um, presence to the church and to the culture uh, because we really believe that we are agents of change and can influence in ways that we have only dreamed about. So keep leaning into us at Gather Women. Keep leaning into this podcast. Share with all your friends. And uh, let's just keep this conversation going. So today, really excited to have as my guest, Ellen Graf Martin. And it's kind of incredible how God connects our lives in ways that uh, we would never be able to do on our own. I think I've shared before that years ago, I co-chaired the Just Give Me Jesus revival in Toronto with Hillary Price, and it was such an amazing experience. And part of that experience was that we had a resource committee. So we had uh, huge tables of books and other resources set up in the Air Canada lobby, and the distributor at that time uh, was one that Ellen Graf Martin was working for. And then, of course, things in the culture, in the environment, in the marketplace change in terms of Christian resources. And that uh, organization shut down. And Ellen was brave enough to step out and start her own agency called Graf Martin Communications. And I will tell you three words to describe uh, my experience with Ellen and really who she is. And the first is, of course, courage, like to step out in really an unknown market. Um, nobody was doing what she is doing at that time. And so it was all brand new. And also the word connection is one that comes to mind when it comes to Ellen. She loves connecting hearts and brains and people and bringing people together closer through 
resourcing them. And so the third word that I would use for Ellen is encouragement. She puts courage into people. She resources people through the services that her agency provides, but also through books, books as mentors, books as um, inspiring agents of change in somebody's life. So I love that about Ellen. She's also a huge creative. She's a DIY person. So if you ever get yourself to Elmira, Ontario and pop in, she'll welcome you in with open arms. She'll offer you some homemade jarred pickles or jam and show you all of her latest um, amazing projects. But she's so much more than all of these things I've already said. Let me tell you a little bit about Ellen. When Ellen Graf Martin said yes to God's call to ministry as a young girl, she had no idea it would take her from Vancouver Island, Canada, to Haiti, traveling through Central America on a ship with people from 40 nations. And that in itself is incredible. Then she ended up in small town Georgia and then to the heart of Ontario's Mennonite country. Today, she leads the team of talented marketing professionals at Graf Martin Communications, Canada's leading provider of integrated PR and marketing services to faith-based nonprofit organizations and faith market film and book producers. Ellen spearheads creative marketing and brand strategy at grafmartin.com and shares her heart through words at Ellen Graf Martin. Dot com. So she is a blogger, she is a creator, she is a leader, a marketplace leader, a ministry leader, and a business leader. And I think you'll find out as you listen to this podcast that it hasn't been easy for her to all always um, fit in a certain space because she is ministry, but she's also business. And sometimes people are, are wanting to define, are you ministry? Are you business? She's both and these things. And she really has a large sphere of influence in both of those areas. Areas. So I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation as a businesswoman. You'll learn things from Ellen um, that will be really helpful to you. But if you're a woman with a heart for ministry in this nation, you'll be encouraged to perhaps step out and do something really courageous because of Ellen sharing her story. So have a listen and we'll talk after. So I'm here in the studio with Ellen Graf Martin, and the irony of that is actually her studio. It is my studio. <laughs> That's right. So it's sort of surreal it and is. real at the same time. I'm looking at you, Ellen, and I wish everybody could see uh, this beautiful woman who's brilliant and who has built this place really from scratch. And probably a lot of this journey has been maybe unintended. And if we look back to where you began, even where you began in this country, uh, geographically, you were nowhere where you are now, but also your journey in life from sort of ministry really into the heart of the marketplace. I wonder Mm -hmm. how you feel about that and what that looks like. Maybe you can take us back a little bit. Yeah. So I, um, what you're alluding to is that I grew up in Nanaimo. I was born and raised in Nanaimo, Vancouver Island. So the West coast of Canada. And now I live in the heart of Mennonite country in Southwestern Ontario. So I am definitely a transplant and a bit of, um, a bit of an oddity because people here always say you moved this way. What do you mean? And it's because God had me on a really crazy journey. Honestly, I left Vancouver Island and I was a missionary with Opera mobilization for five years after university and spent a year in Central America on a ship with people from uh, 40 different countries, 214 people. 
And then I was in Georgia in the United States, not Georgia, Europe, but Georgia in the United States for four years working with OM. And it's really there that I got to see the blend of using your strategic business for ministry purposes. And so I was I was a supported missionary. My church in Nanaimo was phenomenal and supported me financially for five years to be on missions, which I think back now, I'm like, that's incredible. But I was in Georgia then for four years and really learning how to do marketing in a ministry context, which is what I do now. I didn't know that that's what God was preparing me for. I got to work alongside some really amazing people who were kind of in that second career phase. They were finished their professional career and had moved into missions and they just really wanted to brain dump into young people. And OM has been, a, was like, it is a great organization for young people like that. And I was at the time a young person. <laughs> and, uh, and so eventually I had to leave the U.S. because my religious workers visa class was being eliminated and got offered a job in southwestern Ontario. And I said no, because I wanted to go back home and live with my family. I hadn't been with them, and and I really missed them. And uh, then I got the job description. I actually moved all my things from Georgia to Nanaimo, which is like 3,000 miles. And then they came and interviewed me in Nanaimo. This company from Ontario came and interviewed me in Nanaimo, and then sent me a job description when I had already been like, yeah, I'm not moving to Ontario. And I read the job description and just my spirit jumped and I knew that this is what I was supposed to do. I just knew. And so I said, I came out to Ontario in March, which is not a selling time. Like if you're going to sell someone from who's been living in Central America and Georgia and Vancouver Island to move to Ontario, don't bring them here in March or January or February for that matter. Um, and I came and I still ended up moving here. And I, yeah, so it's been 15 years now wow. that since I moved to Ontario and have had some really interesting things happen since I moved here. Absolutely. And I'm thinking of your journey, like Abraham's journey, if you were mm -hmm. the female version of that, that it was not in your plan at all. And really moving across Canada is like moving from one country to another. Totally. The differences. Yeah. I mean, tell me about the Western girl that you were. <sighs> well, um, <laughs> I was raised by, and my mom totally argues with this, but it's true. So I was raised by like aging hippies or like an aging hippie land where we recycled before recycling was a thing and organic was just our life. And, um, and that was just the way I grew up. Like I grew up outside polar fleece and all of those things. And then I moved to Southwestern Ontario, which like people move here and then they never leave or like they've lived here for a long time. I saw things that I learned in history class in school that I couldn't understand. Like growing up in BC, you learn about upper Canada and lower Canada and it makes no sense. Not at all. And then you move to Ontario and you're like, hold on. I learned about this. I know this, but I actually moved to a Mennonite area. So the difference between like growing up in like hippie land and then moving to like horse and buggies, literally going up and down the street is it's crazy. It is so diverse. Like you should need a passport be between the two worlds, but it's incredible. This is our country. This is our diverse country. Yeah. But definitely the hand of God moving you here. Yeah. Because you probably wouldn't have moved and people generally wouldn't move from beautiful <laughs> no. BC to here. But what did you find when you got here? What happened? 
Yeah. Well, what I found, so I came here for a job and I had that job for four years. And in that time, at the end of those four years, I actually got married to um, an incredible man named Dan. And, uh, and then actually we'd only been married for six months when the company that I worked for went bankrupt. And so life changed pretty significantly. And within two weeks, it was about two weeks later, I was asked by someone if I would consider opening my own marketing agency or PR agency. And I, because this is who I am, like I've traveled a lot of places because I'm like, well, let's see what God is doing. <laughs> and so my, Dan and I both said, you know, if this is what God is doing, then we should walk through the door until he closes it. And, and honestly, the reason why I did that isn't just because it was a cool opportunity, but a few months before, we knew that it was really tough for the business that I was working for. And what God had really called me to do and has called me, I, I think I was about 21 years old when I knew that God had called me to feed the sheep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, my life has been a, a working out of what does that look like? What does that mean? And so in my former role, I really saw my my job as feeding the sheep. So how do I, what that means to me is how do I equip and resource the church across Canada? Like I'm doing a job, I'm being paid for it, not fundraising personal mission money like I was before, but how do I equip the church to do, um, what they are called to do and to thrive? And I think it's because when I was in the U.S. especially, I saw that the church had everything it needed. And then I would come home, especially to Nanaimo, and they would have no idea what resources were available. And it was kind of like, I said it this way, I said, I've been called to be a sheep feeder, and it's like my own people are starving for lack of knowledge. Mm. And it's not because the food isn't there, it's that they don't know where to find it. And so my job has been to be a sheep feeder for the last 22 years, and that's what I'm even doing today. That's like, so that's why we started our agency. It's not, I mean, it sounds like you're a sheep feeder, what? But but that's why I do what I do. Yeah. So there's no sheep in the backyard no there could be we live in yeah (laughs) but you know you know where we live we could have that yeah yeah so I'm hearing some amazing character qualities adaptability um courage moving across the country and then resilience Mm -hmm. your job as you know it ends and this sense of adventure to kind of start something new so quickly those are really amazing character qualities to be able to kind of adapt to the change so quickly. Mm-hmm. And when I met you, it was in your former mm-hmm. job um, at Just Give mm-hmm. Me Jesus. You had provided all the resources for 18,000 people that came to yeah. your Canada Center. And then after we connected, because you had really stepped out in brave courage and started Graf Martin, yeah. when nobody really was doing anything like it in your nation that you were called to. And nobody was doing it maybe outside of this city hub. No. And it's one of those things like people, there was nothing like it. And that's what I couldn't understand, that there was just nobody doing what we did. And we started out, um, it was just me. And it was a month after I'd lost my job that I'm like, all right, I have a marketing agency now. And I think it was within five weeks I had a website and I was... um, a marketing agency, but it was just me. And there was just no one else doing 
connecting. That's what it is. Like my, in my heart, I'm a connector. So I, I use marketing. Marketing is the tool that I get to use and PR is the tool that I get to use, but my heart is for connecting. So how do I connect people with what they need? Um, how do I connect people with each other? How do I connect people ultimately with Jesus and, and with God's heart for them? And so there was, but and so people are doing that in different forms, but there was no one doing that in this way. And so no one was telling the church like what books are available. And, and like, for example, I, in my old job, I would sort through 10,000 resources a year, Christian resources that were being published for the church. And so if you're like, how do you figure out what to read? How do you figure out what is good? And so I would actually sort through and hear about about 10,000 products a year, no joke. And so there was just no one else doing that. And part of that is because like, frankly, it hasn't been like, it's not the most lucrative thing to market, right? (laughs) And, and it's maybe not the most interesting. I always say I could have made a lot more money if I marketed vodka, but look what God has allowed (laughs) me to do for the kingdom. And, and I don't have to market something that I feel bad about. Like we were talking about this marketing for good. I get to do marketing for good. And honestly, within a few months, of starting I had too much work just for myself and so I knew I needed to incorporate and become a real company and Tim Underwood was my first employee and so he started he's still here he's incredible he's you call him the gather man yes um he's a really good guy and he's still here and I remember writing that first paycheck to him and uh and that was like that was a huge turning point because now it wasn't just me on an adventure, like I was actually taking other people with me. So, <laughs> so that was a bit scary, but it's, you know, and then our, we started up with marketing books and DVDs and things like that. But very, very shortly, we knew we were going to be doing marketing for ministry as well. Mm-hmm. Because what we saw is that there are all these ministries that don't have, uh, a lot of them have, have people on a marketing team, but it's really hard to find talent in the marketing area that is strategic, experienced, and has the heart for ministry. And you've probably seen some of that, even with Gather, that it's hard to find all that that collection of things. And so yeah. we kind of became specialists in that. So Yeah, I love I love I love the story that you're telling because it's the story of your life, but I think it's the story of many women's lives where unintentionally you land up somewhere but for you you always had this vocational call I am going to be a shepherd so Mm -hmm. that never changed Mm -hmm. and I think did that help you then easily go not easily (laughs) yeah even though it was a great challenge to go with the twists and turns of where God was taking you you knew that you had that call. Yeah, I knew ultimately that's like, so it's having that ultimate purpose. If you like unearth the why, you know, like the Simon Sinek, it's my why It's ultimately, if I'm not doing that, then it doesn't make sense. That's why I don't market other things, you know, like I made that joke, but this is why we do what we do. This is why I do what I do. It's the why behind it. And it was pretty early on. I had, I had a phenomenal leadership coach in the first few years of our business. And, um, he asked me one day, he said, what's going to, what's it going to take for you to stay doing this? He asked me that pretty regularly. And I think that's a really great question for everyone to ask themselves, (laughs) like regardless of ministry or business, like what's it going to take to keep you doing this? 
And my answer was, it has to have a ministry element. And so we've just known that that would be the direction that it's taken us in, even though I have had, like I went through a, I think for four years, every January, I was like, I think I need to quit. I just need to go work at Costco. And I wanted to be the door greeter at Costco. That's totally like, that was my dream job because I was only 32 when I started this and I had no idea what I was doing and I had never run an agency. I'd never worked at an agency before. So I really... It's been hard. It's what God asked me to do, but I it's been really hard. Yeah. I mean, a lot less stress being the door greeter at Costco for sure. And you're encouraging me because the people around me have heard me say more than once, gee, this is really hard. Mm-hmm. It is really hard. But the hard things are usually the things that are born of obedience and yeah. you can't do anything else but what yeah. God has put in your heart to do. And so what I love about you and what I want to affirm is that, and I don't know if Listeners out there really know this, but Ellen Graf Martin was one of the co-founders of Gather Women. Yeah. Do you all know that out there? So, <laughs> yeah, there's a yeah. you are the co-founder. There are other you, co-founders. Yeah, right? yeah. You, that's why you know co-founder means there are other co's. Mm-hmm. And Gather Women would not even exist if it wasn't for you being called to that. And I think when you said that we're connecting, that's so significant for you because how can we connect women? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And how can we connect women in this nation? Because you've Mm -hmm. also kind of said, like, on my soil, I realize people don't have access. Totally. So access to resources, access to connection. And so that was very significant. A lot of time invested in those early days just to get Gather Women up and running. And then something really neat about your story is that you do have a growth mindset as well. Because here, Ellen Picks. Ellen Picks. Yep doesn't kind of shoot out of nothing, but there must have been a gradual, you know, intentional direction. Well, kind that, of. That came up. <laughs> yeah, you know, honestly, it was because um, how Ellen's Picks was born. Well, I'll tell you this, and you know this, that being a leader, especially a female leader in Christian stuff is really lonely. And for me, I'm in a business Although our banker says that we are the most nonprofit for profit that he knows, not that we don't make profit, but that our profit is focused on growth or on investment or on donating it or like we've not, I always say, man, I should have built that pool, you know, (laughs) but I do this because it's my passion and my love, not because of this. Anyhow. What was I saying that about a guy? Growth mindset. Growth mindset. So yes, Ellen's picks. Anyhow. So, uh, you know, it was kind of intentional but it's lonely. And I had Melinda Estabrooks, who is such a powerhouse working with me here at the agency. And I was telling her about a book one day. And she said, who do you tell about what you're reading? And I said, I tell you guys. (laughs) And she was like, and I like, she said something to the effect of like throwing up her hands in the air. And if you know, Melinda, like very, um, exuberantly saying, that's not good enough. You need to tell other women about this. They need to know this. Your peers need to know this. And I said, I don't have peers. And she said, yes, you do. So like, it was kind of a little argument back and forth. And she started, it was actually Melinda saying, you need to do this. And I, and they were like, what could we call it? And, and so I kind of got taken along for the ride by my team a little bit. 
And I said, you know, I used to do this thing called Ellen's Picks where I would go and present at conferences and I would present what I was like. I had those 10,000 books a year that I would sort through and say, hey, you're a youth leader. Here's what you should know about. And uh, and so we did that. But for women. And so um, our team, actually, it was more of our team than me saying, here are the women that we think are your peers across the country that you need to connect with. And um, so I sent out an email saying, ladies, would you like to join kind of a book club where I will get the book for you and I'll send it to you and um, we can read it together just and it's for your heart as a leader, not mm-hmm. for your brain as mm-hmm. a leader. <laughs> like it mm-hmm. should engage both, but it's for your heart. And I and I actually sent the email and I went out for lunch because I thought no one was going to say yes. <laughs> I was I like, yes. who's going to join this? I don't know. And within 24 hours, I had 40 people that, yeah. and I wanted 50. I'm like, the goal was 50. And I had 40 people in like 24 hours or 48 hours. I had 40 people um, because busy people. And now busy people answered their email to say yes. That was the craziest thing, especially people who didn't even know me. Um, But what it showed me is that women in leadership across Canada, whether they're Christian women in the marketplace or in ministry, in the church, we want to be connected to each other. And it is lonely. I wasn't the only lonely person in leadership. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a really crazy adventure. And it's been four years that we've been doing that, which is wild to me. So Yeah, but... But it's been incredible where women have gathered online or in person around Mm -hmm. um, amazing women that you've brought in to encourage us all in this nation. We can't get enough of that. And we can't get enough of the connecting. And what I love about your life is that everything is in alignment, it seems. Like Mm. everything's integrated to your core values. And I know one of your values is hospitality. Yes. You know, just welcome everybody in. Everybody in making pickles Mm -hmm. and homemade jams and everything you're so so uniquely crafted that everybody wants a place at your table and here you are having us in to do the podcast here which I love the sisterhood about that but I also love that shared value of we want to nurture what's going on in this Canada Mm -hmm. and raise Mm -hmm. it up and and make it Mm -hmm. visible the other shared value is that I just grew up um with a dad that was a, a, um, a self-learner, a lifelong lear- learner. Mm-hmm. We were surrounded by books. He had no education, and I just read all his books. And so you want to give me a book, I'll say yes to that. And awesome. that's what you do, and you yeah. do it in such a beautiful way, wrapped up in a bow, literally, with so much love and heart behind it that I really think um, obedience that that is kind of cloaked in love mm-hmm. really goes such a long way. And... Yeah. It's incredible. And you know, my friend Holly, she one day, she identified it. She said, Ellen, what you have is an adoptive mother's heart. Yes. yes. And so when I think of that feed my sheep, I don't think of it as like a shepherd. I think of it as that adoptive mom where I'm like, all right, sheep, let's get the food on the table. You've got a place here. There's a place at the table for you. And that's been really, really big for me. And I am an adoptive mom. So that fits. But I think that that's just been my, that's just how I'm crafted. And that's the house I was raised in very much as well. So that's pretty natural for me. And you know, even though the table is big, what I'm learning as I grow and grow older, is that I like these conversations like the one-to-one or the the four people together or five people together rather than the big thing like I'm learning and I think I mentioned this to you like it's been one of those things that God's even been teaching me 
over the last couple of years is to be okay, not okay, but to celebrate the small mm-hmm. as well. So because as a leader, you can be pushed so much, like the big, the big, the big, like you need to go for flash and you need to go for a big. And, um, and I, I honestly, whenever I feel pushed that way, I feel really uncomfortable. And I like, why doesn't this fit me? And I'm like, it's because that I want that hospitality piece and the connecting piece and the around the table piece and the how's your heart, like for real, how's your heart piece. And, um, and so, yeah, it's been an interesting thing for me. So yeah, like making pickles at home and doing crafts and trying to like, talk my daughter out of not doing a YouTube channel and stuff like that. That's like, that's that small life that I think actually has a really big impact because, um, it's not just about our, our small, like God uses that small to amplify and to show women across Canada that their small matters and, you know, whatever gifts, wherever you are, it really matters. You don't have to be big. You can be who you are. So you can be big. But you can be small. You it you are who God has called you to be. So. In your place that He in has your called place, you. Yeah. And you're you're here in a beautiful place. And I think the heart behind your marketplace leadership, which you are seen as a leader. I mean, I was at a conference that you put on at recently and you were the leader at the at you know, at the front of the room on the platform. Mm-hmm. And but the heart behind it just gives it so much longevity and mm-hmm. eternal value that, you know, it's not it's not the short game. It's for the long haul. Absolutely. I have a couple questions though. And you mentioned, um, you, you kind of alluded to the fact that it's hard. So what does it cost you? And then what have you gained? Oh, sometimes I don't count the cost because Mm -hmm. it's just what I know to be really honest. I think what it has cost us is, normal like normal life Mm. if that sounds that sounds funny but it has cost us living a normal life like sometimes when I will get together with friends I'm like wow their life is just so normal like they don't like there's different pressure on our family than maybe on other families and so the cost is that we live a high pressure life And we have to make really strategic, I think the benefit to that is that we have to make really strategic decisions on how we spend our time and how we, um, like I've made really, so one of the costs has been that like when I'm at work, I have to be a hundred percent at work. (laughs) And so I have to say no to some things because I can't go and do the, I just can't go and do everything. Um, and because I've chosen that because we have a daughter who needs this in this season that I am off at three o'clock every day and I'm picking up that little girl and if it's going to disrupt our life I just have to be really careful and say no so I've had to say no to a lot of things but I think that also I've had to say yes to a lot of things and so that weighing out the cost like what do we say yes to what do we say no to everyone has to do that but we've had to do it really really deliberately Um, And it's also cost us friendships. Like it means that my life is a little bit lonelier. And it was funny because somebody was at our house and they're like, yeah, but like, who do you go out with after work and stuff like that? And I'm like, no one. You have a cat. I have a cat. Like I go out with my daughter to the thrift store because that's her favorite spot. But like, um, because you can spend your allowance really well at the thrift store. You find out when you've got like a six-year-old. So we spend a lot of time there. Like that's, that's my place. Like, because I'm the boss. So ultimately, like, I'm not 
it's it's weird for me to ask my team to go out for dinner so I'm still the boss and I think one of the costs has been that I don't fit and so I'm neither ministry nor fully marketplace and I remember going to um, a Christian business event and I was so aggravated at this event for a lot of reasons because I have actually I was really fortunate to never be told that I couldn't do things because I was a girl like Never. Other than one time I grew up in an evangelical Lutheran church and I remember asking for a scholarship to go to seminary and they said, no, they only do that for boys. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. So whatever, man, and carry on and make my own path sort of a thing. I remember that. But, you know, so nobody ever told me I couldn't do stuff um, just because I was a girl. And I... Sorry, I've lost my train of thought again. Um, it was we were talking about about you know what it has cost. So it yeah. it it does mean that it has been lonelier. And I've I'm trying to think why was I talking about this? Well, I think the choices you've had to make for your family too. Yeah. I mean you you've ha- I mean mothering is part of what yeah, you do, and that's absolutely. part of your life, and it's a yeah. reality. But you're yeah. working it out for the yeah. greater picture. And I just am sorry yeah. that I lost my train of thought. I just totally went off on this. Like nobody ever told me. I that think I, I, <laughs> I, you could, you could go on for five more hours <laughs> yeah, and I, I would listen. The women listening there, I'm hoping there are men listening as well, but for the women listening, we get it. Yeah. You totally We're get with it. Like, you. I'm over there and I'm, <laughs> we and are I'm thinking about like, there's a squirrel or something, right. but okay. the joy, I, the yeah, gain. The then. joy. I think honestly, Okay, so the cost has been that it is lonelier. It really is. And it's hard to be friends sometimes with somebody who is, like, I'm intense. And nobody gets my life. Oh, yeah, what I was saying is I was at this conference. That's what it was. I was at this event, this Christian business event. And I'm neither ministry nor business. So I'm sitting there, and they're talking about how you have to bring God to your work and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, really? Like, are we really having this conversation? If you are a believer, how can you not bring God into your work? I mean, this is my being a bit cocky, but honestly, I think that this is one of these, this is like table stakes. If you are a believer, how do you not bring God to your work? It doesn't mean that you're preaching at your work, but it just means that that's who you are. Like if Jesus is living in you and the Holy Spirit is in you, how can you not bring God to work? So I'm sitting there thinking, what are you talking about? Like, why are you talking about this? And then, um, and so I was like, too ministry for a business thing, because my brain is thinking this way. And then I go to church, and we're talking about doing a fundraiser or whatever, and I'm like, all right, so what's our target? Like, why are we doing this? Tell me the why behind this. And people actually were like, <laughs> actually said to me, you're just too business, you know, you need to just trust Jesus to bring, and I'm like, okay. So I don't fit, so that's where, it, that's the cost, is that I don't fit. Because I, like, if you're a missionary, you're kind of a weird person anyhow, right? And I was a missionary for five years. It's just my my first boss in missions told me that. If you're a missionary, you're odd. And you're one of us now, so here you are. And so you just have to be a little bit of a different person. And, you know, be able to roll with it. Be super flexible. And yeah. and so, yeah, it's it's hard to fit. I think that's honestly the biggest cost. It's hard to fit in the, in the ministry world or the church world or in the business world, because I'm neither and both at all at the same time. But I think the huge benefit is like, I love what I get to do every day. Because even though I'm not working in a ministry, I get to work for ministries every day, in a really critical role of being an outsider, collecting information, 
thinking it through, being really strategic with it, and being a creative because ultimately I am a creative, and that's part of why I can roll with different things and be flexible or, you know, whatever that is, is because ultimately I'm a creative who's been created to serve and to help and use whatever gifts are in my hands to to do just that. So. Yeah. It's such an encouraging story because you've taken what was given you, um, a job ending, a different geographical location, and you forged your path. You just made decisions to forge your path. Mm-hmm. And I know there's another, there's more to your story as well that would involve resilience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I, I know there's so much there, but here you are loving the life that sort of you, you've created mm-hmm. and choosing to do that over this need that society has to feel like they belong somewhere mm-hmm. to somebody, mm-hmm. but you know you belong to the space yeah. that you're in. I and mean, I know it's beautiful. I'm, I'm, and you're yeah. creating space for so many other people. So for those of us in Canada that get to be part of Ellen's world, we receive lovely gifts from her on a regular basis. And that's a love language for you, the mm-hmm. books, because for many of us, those books are mentors and they mm-hmm. mean so much to us because geographically we can't always be in the same space, but we can be nurturing each other and it's Mm -hmm. so important for each of us individually but as a collective of women who just want to be obedient in this country we know that there is this thread of women and there's an Ellen championing us on Mm -hmm. and we want to champion you on and we want to say keep going in this place that you may not belong in ministry or marketplace but you are both and more it's just so much more because your heart is behind it and I know you've made a space for so many people at a table that wouldn't exist had you not stepped Mm. out in faith. So we're so excited because I think it opens up possibilities for all of us in 2019, 2020, that it doesn't need to look like somebody else's journey, right? No. Yeah. No, it doesn't have to have been done before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's one of the things that like just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean you can't try and... And, you know, I always say, like, if God is opening the door, walk through it until he shuts it. And then when he shuts it, be obedient and go to the next door. And so if he keeps opening the door, just keep on walking. One of our books that we read was The Next Right Thing. And it's like, do the next right thing. And... Yeah. And do it with joy. Well, that brings me to, because I know Emily Freeman has yes. just an amazing podcast that everybody's listening to. And I'm thinking about the next right thing for you. And gee, we're in a room with amazing podcast equipment. And, you <laughs> yeah. know, there's all kinds of possibilities, I think, for what is possible for mm-hmm. you in this season. Um, just because you're creative and, and I know that you're always got, you always have this growth mindset and what's possible. So we'll be tracking with you. We'll be exciting to see what comes out of this space and out of your heart. And the last thing I want to ask you on behalf of all the, all those that are listening in, you do have a very significant national sphere of influence. What mm. you carry is, is special, unique. It's, it's God ordained for this time and I think more significantly even for the future for what it will be so you have this mountain of influence maybe you came to it kicking and screaming from beautiful Victoria I mean who would want to leave there but here you are amazing family amazing cat Mm -hmm. you know amazing things in your cupboard that you've curated but here you are in this such unique and beautiful space what would you shout out to any woman who's listening what is the message that you want them to hear today? Hmm. 
I think, you know, I was thinking of one thing. I mean, we joked about it that I would say, don't do it. That's right. (laughs) But I would say, don't do it unless Mm. you know you're called to it, if that makes sense. So I believe that we all have these either Red Sea moments where God parts the Red Sea and just makes a path clear so you can walk in it and he smites your enemies behind you and and I've had that in my life like I've had times where God has just opened the path so clear um but had I walked into my own Red Sea without God clearing that path I would have perished you know and it would have been a disaster so so do it when you're called. And then there's that we have our Red Sea moments. Then we have our Jordan River at flood time moments where it's like, I'm not going to clear the path for you. You need to step in and trust me. When I moved to Ontario, it was a Jordan Sea moment or like or a Jordan River moment where I was like, I feel like I'm carrying the Ark of the Covenant, like all the world on my shoulders. It's flood time. I don't know what God is doing. I feel blind. I've just had to leave a country where I had a meaningful job and and I have to step in. And now again, like the, think of those guys in the Bible carrying that Ark and if they mishandled it, they would die, right? And so don't do it unless God has called you to it. But if he has called you to it, he will equip you for the task. And I mean, I was not equipped for the task. I'm still not equipped for the task. He is equipping me for the task every day through failing and learning and growing. And so, yeah, I joke about like, don't do it. The cost is high, but do it because the cost is high, but the reward is great. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh words to live by and profound too and I think we should all chew on that for a bit because it's wise it's 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 wise um so we're going to be watching your space um I'm watching for a book I'm hoping there'll be something because I know you're a blogger so Mm -hmm. ellengrafmartin.com ellengrafmartin.com and then Graf Martin Communications for anything marketing and I know for ministry um you come alongside so many amazing ministries and mm-hmm. really help them get their message out through branding mm-hmm. and, and, and other things. And so we'll, we'll just keep walking alongside you and seeing what comes. Cause I think not that there's more to offer for any pressure, but I feel like for the nation, um, you have a significant role to play mm-hmm. in how, in the shaping of our future. So thank you for being Ellen. Thank you. And thank <laughs> you for spending your time with us today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. And I just feel bad for anybody listening to this like I do on podcasts at 1.2 times because I feel like I talk fast. So (laughs) apologies to all of you. Okay. Noted out there. You've got that down. Okay. So great to chat with you today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is great. God bless. Well, I hope you loved that conversation with Ellen as much as I did. What I love about her is that she was pretty real with it. I think when you're thinking about doing something new or courageous or stepping out um, in business or in ministry, uh, she is saying, like, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it unless you're called to it. And she talks about her Red Sea moment where you really have to be called by God because he will part the waters for you. But often he calls you into this Jordan River moment where it can 
seem like you're being flooded at times, but if you're called to it, you know that he's going to get you through it. And I think her authentic um, journey is that really she hasn't fit into one sort of paradigm or another. Um, When you want to do something that takes all your unique gifts and the call on your heart, the passion for connecting, the passion for resourcing, and the passion for being a marketplace leader, you're not necessarily going to fit in, um, especially if it's something new that doesn't exist before. So I think the challenge to all of us is um, do it if you're called. He'll equip you every day, as Ellen says. And don't be scared to sort of forge your own unique path in your own unique sphere of influence. Honestly, there's 17 million women in the country, and there needs to be a hundred at least or more of Ellen Graf Martins. And there needs to be you that is contributing your voice and presence to this country in the way that only you can. Thank you for joining us today. Share this with your friends. Um, Write a review if you can on whatever platform you listen to this podcast. We have uh, more amazing guests planned for the rest of this season and as we launch a new one. And we are just so happy to have you with us on the journey. And if there's anything that you'd like to hear, anybody you'd like to hear from, we'd love you to send us an email at hello at gatherwomen.com and we would respond to you. Also coming up in the new year, we are going to be at one conferences in Edmonton on January 17th. We have Anne Miranda uh, from Village Church in BC. We have Stephanie Reeder coming in all the way from Montreal. I will be there as well, Kathy Ostapchuk, and our podcast co-hosts, Vanessa Hoyce from Montreal and Caitlin Say from Saskatoon will be there. Um, and Joe Saxton. And if you don't know who she is, Google her right away as soon as you're done listening to this and you will see that she's an amazing uh, woman of influence with great leadership, uh, savvy, and lots to share with us on that Gather platform. So hope to see you there and hope to have you join us next week on the podcast in season two of Her Influence. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com for free resources, circles, and events in your area. Thanks to Graf Martin Communications, Canada's leading PR and marketing agency serving faith-based organizations from coast to coast for their in-kind support. At Graf Martin, they are true collaborators who come alongside to be your marketing team for good. We invite you to invest in this podcast and the vision of the Gather Women movement. We want to see the voices of women in Canada and beyond represented in equal value and strength in all kingdom conversations taking place across our great nation. We want to see the presence of Christian women in equal value and strength in every arena of influence, including the local church. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.